Welcome to episode four of the Startup Stories podcast. I'm Tom Coquill, your host, and today I'm with Ant Wilson, who is the founder and MD of Push Push Chocolates, the uh, the vegan, heavily proteined uh, chocolate uh, buttons that are, that are new to the market. How, how's it going, Ant? Very good. Yourself? Really well, really well. I'm really excited about today. I've literally just spent the morning eating all your flavours, so it's it's actually been really nice. I've liked oh, that. Good. Honeycomb is definitely my favourite, though. Um, so uh, Georgia gave you some because when yeah, she, she basically did me a bowl of selection to uh, to, to get through this morning. <laughs> so, so I knew what I was talking about. So I had some credibility. Brilliant. So yeah, so today, and what I wanted to talk to you about was basically what's what's your story? You know, that's that's what Start Story is all about. It's about understanding where you've come from, you know, where you want to get to, um, and just sort of documenting that journey really, and and understand a bit more about the product and what your future plans are and that sort of stuff. So. The first question I'd like to ask and sort of, you know, to sort of get starters off is what is your story? What's your background? Sure. Um, so I don't really come from like an entrepreneurship kind of background. I wasn't like a five year old trying to sell all my chocolate at kind of school and yep. trying to be like the Alan Sugar of the playground. Um, it was kind of something I more kind of fell into. So uh, kind of after graduation started, um, started a career, became uh, a management consultant. And then a f- few years later, just felt like it's not really what I want to be doing for the long term. Um, felt like I wasn't really in control and wanted something a bit more like that I own and is for me. So had started coming up with like different ideas and then um, kind of fell it so kind of fell into like chocolate because I, I love chocolate I've always loved chocolate um, <laughs> wanted to eat um, but I realized I was eating quite unhealthy chocolate I'd get into a really bad uh, kind of habit that at 3 p.m when I got the uh, the slump I would just go to the vending machine buy the mainstream chocolate which is just loaded with sugar loaded with everything else bar like coca and all the good stuff well, um, chocolate in actual chocolate isn't there when you actually look into it yeah yeah <laughs> with some, some of the mainstream stuff is like is just loaded loaded with sugar um, so i just felt uh, i would start just making it for myself right so i was playing in the kitchen um and just starting to work out how do you actually make healthy healthier chocolates and saw there's there's like cocoa butter. Why is there cocoa butter? Why well, if I put like coconut oil in? Because I was hearing a lot of um, kind of the benefits of that side. Put that in. I then let it all cool down and realized when I picked it up, it melted in my hand because it was like a melting point of 25 degrees or so. So right. there was more in my hand than actually went in my mouth. So I was like, that's never going to work. <laughs> I get you. So just um, kind of started going, okay let's start taking lots of things out and let's see what I can put in as like the minimum amounts. Like I was using date syrup for like the sweetness, what's like the lowest I can put in, which it doesn't taste too bitter. And at the same time, I, I um, had just run like a half marathon and lost um, quite a lot of weight, just completely underestimated how much of a, like running for someone who hates running would kind of take it out of me so i wanted to increase like my protein content to kind of build the muscle back on so yeah. i started putting like um vegan protein shakes and put putting that in so i could like get a bit more protein in my diet during the day 
Are you vegan? Is, is that something that you, you ascribe to? Uh, not yet. I'm getting close. Right. Um, a lot of my, like, f- the food I eat is definitely more vegan, uh, plant-based, but... Are you vegetarian, though? Do you still eat meat? Very occasionally. Very occasionally. But it's, compared to where I was, like, a couple of years ago, it's drastically down. So is this essentially, you know, did you have the idea, because obviously I know that the, 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 a big sell of this product, as far as I'm concerned from sort of reviewing it, is, is it's vegan. Because, you know, there's, you know, it's on the package and it's clear and it's evident. Was mm-hmm. that, were you trying to create a vegan chocolate to start with, or did it just happen by chance that the best product you made happened to be vegan? Uh, there's a, there was a bit of that, that it kind of tasted better, because I've <laughs> tried like whey proteins, before which is all derived from milk and that always made me feel a bit like dodgy i know i was like i know i had it um kind of my stomach would not feel great afterwards uh which is what a lot of other people say when they've had whey and it's got quite a distinctive taste which i struggled to cover up with the chocolate so i was trying um different vegan proteins and so started with like rice because i was using rice um originally as like a shake which was a bit easier to cover up but it tasted very chalky um dover cliffs taste less chalky than basically what my chocolate had at the time so i took off a bit of the rice protein eventually and put uh, more pea in which is a bit more it's not as strong a flavor and then it means i get like a complete protein by using pea and rice which um, you also get when you kind of take away and I'm not a protein person. I, I, I do a lot of running. So to be honest with you, I don't, I don't take any supplements at all. And they function. Do they have the same outcome? Is, is, you know, the protein from a pea, does it give you the same sort of muscle building results as the protein from whey, for example? So if you just took pea and whey, pea has got um, a lot of the amino acids, but it doesn't have all of them, which whey does, which is... Right. Um, so you get like two thirds basically, and then the ones in rice, they um, have the ones that pea don't. So if you blend it, I think it's about seventy thirty pea to rice, you will get what you would get if you had whey. So this product covers all those bases. So you, you, you've, you've made a product that essentially covers the the whey protein sort of deficiencies of both of them by combining them together. Yeah, exactly, and also. I've decided to to focus on the vegan side, especially as I wanted to have more vegan kind of food and plants in my in my diet anyway. It also meant that I wasn't shutting off any of the market. It was something which was available for everyone. Yeah. Um, because I also made it um, free from as well. So it's free from all uh, 14 major allergens. So there's no nuts, there's no kind of soy um, or any of the other major allergens. And it's, it's completely dairy-free as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So there's no uh, lactose or any of um, any dairy products, and it's not even made in a factory which contains it. Is it is it gluten-free? Yes. Yes. Right. So you have covered all the bases. Yeah. But just going back to your story, mm. so I understand that that this you still work full time, and, right. and this is and it's, this is just you at the moment. Um, 
So how are you managing that? Because I think for, for a lot of the people who listen to this, that there's a lot of people thinking of starting something um, and, and want to do it, but I'm probably thinking, oh, you know, I can't afford to quit my job or anything. So can you talk to us a bit about that and how you manage the stresses of, you know, a, a successful career alongside, you know, being a founder as well? I think the main thing um, is kind of focusing on one thing at a time. There's like a very it's very tempting to kind of do both things. So it'd be like, I'd have both laptops out, for example, could be really tempting. So I do a bit of work on my day job and I'm also kind of doing a bit of work on the chocolate. And I realized that just will never work because I need to focus basically on one thing at a time. So at, so at this moment in time, I'm focusing on the chocolate. Later, I will go and focus on purely just my day job and making sure I do as good a job as possible. I then put that aside and then I focus purely back on the chocolate. So is your day difference. job related? Is it in the industry? No, I, so I uh, work as like a data analytics consultant. So is that a flexible job? Can you pretty much pick, open your laptop and do your job any time of the day? Yes, and that's where I'm quite fortunate because it's very right. like, like output driven as long as you're getting everything done when people say that's when they want it, you attend the meetings which are already in the diary, then as long as it's done, it's not like I have to I have to be at work at say 8.30 in the morning and leave oh. at 5.30 at night. It's a bit more flexible than that. That's a really big thing I'm focusing on at the moment. Obviously we own a recruitment company, so we live in the world of work and flexible working when it, for, 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 for jobs that it works for, that it should work for is the hottest topic at the moment. And that sounds like, you know, and it affords people the opportunity to be able to, to pursue other things and, you know, but not sacrifice the, the output and the quality of work that they do for their employer. Mm -hmm. And so I think it sounds like you've got a good employer there to start with, but it sounds like that's the right type of situation you need to be in if you're gonna combine the two together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I've got friends who work in uh, very stressful kind of corporate finance jobs and they have to be on like the phones a lot of the time, very kind of client facing, which means they're quite restrictive on what else they can do during that period. So it just means it's a bit more difficult and that means they would have to spend like all their weekends and all their evenings whenever they get back home as well. So that can cause a bit more of a... Yeah, it makes it a bit more difficult, but I suppose if you want it, you want it, don't you? Mm. It's, it's those things you've, you've got to kind of, you've got to, you've got to sort of give up something to, to gain something, I suppose. So moving on, in terms of the brand then, so Push mm. Chocolate, where did the name come from? What's the brand all about? What's, what's, you know, what's the message you're trying to get over to the consumer? Sure, so the brand took quite a long time. Um, trying to come up with the name Push took like six months. Initially, I was gonna have um, kind of the most like balls and I was gonna call it Ballsy. Uh, just like it's <laughs> like a fun thing yeah and then I realized someone already had called it ballsy in America which would cause issues and the manufacturing process to create balls like that is quite difficult and it's really um, problematic it means I can't there's not many factories who can do it so I kind of scrapped that so I kind of wanted something which was short and snappy um, which was also basically like pushing yourself. Uh, it's why it's why one of the reasons I put protein in is it's for people who are quite a bit more active and they're kind of doing new things and trying to 
getting themselves better and pushing themselves. So, so is it a confectionery brand or is it a functional brand? Where, 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 where do you want it to sit? Do you want it to sit with Grenade or do you want it to you know, compete with Yorkie? I personally, I'd rather go down the confectionery routes. And right. I think with the, with the Grenade bars, they're kind of going after like here's 20 grams of protein in one go we've got uh very low sugar and for a lot of the protein bars it's much more of like gives your jaw quite a big workout which, <laughs> I, want, quite so which I wanted to stay away from and kind of relate back to my childhood which was eating a bag of dairy milk buttons until basically yeah. i fell ill <laughs> yeah. I, I so in terms of flavours then, we've got mm. plain chocolate, we've got yep. orange chocolate, mint chocolate and honeycomb. As I mentioned, honeycombs, the honeycomb ones are absolutely delicious. Uh, they're all good, but the honeycomb ones for me personally, that's uh, honey's one of my one of my favourite flavours. So um, is, is that, are you going to stick with that for the time being? Um, you know, what's your strategy in terms of sort of, you know, developing that out and, 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 in, and then just sort of add on to that? Where do you see this the, this range sitting in store, and, and who do you think is going to be your sort of your target consumer? So initially, this is going to be my range to start with, as yep. it basically covers a lot of the um, common kind of chocolate flavors already out in the market, and kind of where where it sits, it's. Um, much more of like the grab and go kind of confectionery. I want, I want something um, like it sits near where the energy balls are and those kind of protein balls and where they sit. Um, some stores, they put it near the till, so it would kind of sit there and you can get like a 40 gram one and just basically pick it up and go with it. So it's kind of there and it's sort of targeting people who are into fitness and they're quite active and they want a bit more of a protein pick-me-up. It's also for people who are vegan and they are wanting um, just a really good tasting kind of more milk texture kind of chocolates because a lot of vegan chocolates are quite dark or it's for people who are have like food allergens. Um, there's two million people in the UK who, ha who are diagnosed with a food allergy. Um, so that means that have being free from all 14 major allergens, they can they can buy it and they're not worried that it may contain nuts if they got peanut allergy, as it doesn't contain any nuts and it doesn't contain like there's no trace of nuts either. Cool. So what's what's been the biggest challenge so far then? I think getting it going and kind of scheduling like me to do it and not getting so overwhelmed like with a huge to-do list and thinking I'm never going to get this done because uh, it's like I've got limited time myself to do everything um, and I found that like a big challenge so it's very much of just testing the market not not rushing just getting help where I can getting like a food mentor to come in and just kind of helping me making sure I'm not making too many errors. And in terms of sort of the vision then, what's your sort of your, your medium and your long-term plans? I mean, you know, do you tend to, to make this your full-time job or is it, do you think it's always going to be something you do on the side? Um, I do plan to have it as my full-time job to um, basically once the sales have picked up, if I'm sold in a 
in a retailer, then I need to focus all my time on the chocolates. I don't want to be working on a client's site and having a retailer ring up and going, where's the chocolate? And I have to drop everything. It can cause a lot of kind of trouble. So for this year, it's very much building up um, people buying online, building um, kind of like a following as well. And for the second half, then trying to get it into retailers, just independents, uh, a lot smaller first, so all the processes of getting the delivery, getting the production done, all kind of works and there's not many teething issues. And then eventually within say three years to cut, to get it into a major um, multiple. I always think people underestimate the difficulty of the supply chain. I think once you've got the recipe down, which obviously could take some time, manufacturing a product isn't actually that difficult because there's lots of very, very smart people out there who own manufacturing firms who can do it for you. But what people, I always think what people underestimate is, is taking it, how do you get it from that manufacturing unit into two or 300 stores? Uh, without it, you know, without basically taking away your entire margins, you've got to charge 15 quid a bag for them or something. It's everybody I speak to, and I speak to so many startups, that is always the biggest hurdle is how do we get into store? If you want to do a deal with Asda, you know, you've got to, you've got to be able to deliver into their distribution centers when they want you to as well. So it's, it's understanding all those aspects. And I can imagine that's, that's at that point when you, if you get the big deals, You'd have to. You would have to go full time, and you obviously need staff. Are you thinking about funding, or are you going to try to do this all, all sort of organically? So at the moment, I've um, just funded through debt because right. uh, I feel like I don't really have enough sales and assets to really go down the um, equity route to really va value the company. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be proven first. Um, so it's a, at a reasonable scale. Otherwise, I will just lose too much of the business uh, for not enough kind of money to make it viable. Cool. And in terms of sort of routes to market, is it just on your website at the moment? Have you got any listings anywhere? Are there any sort of independents that are selling it or anything like that? Uh, it's, so at the moment, it is just on the website, just getting that in the process and even myself of I get the order online I then fill it myself um, I write a handwritten note saying thank you very much and then kind of post it and at the moment that's kind of working and then as more orders coming in start kind of scaling it up so it's not jumping jumping the gun too soon yeah well feel free what what is the website address where can every, where can we all you know buy these products Sure. Uh, so it is at www.pushchocolate.com. All oh, right. So you got the domain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That might have been taken. Yeah, and all the uh, the social media is at Push Chocolate as well, which which kind of helps with people can get to it quite easily. It's not like a uh, a different kind of domain or uh, like address. Well, that brings me on to my second point. Again, we, you know, we're, we're, I wouldn't call us a startup anymore. We've been going four years now, but we've still got that mentality and we like to sort of do everything ourselves. And, and, and from a marketing point of view, you know, obviously money's limited when you're a startup. What, what are you doing about your marketing? What is your strategy to, to get this product out there? Because obviously if it's Mars, they can spend, you know, 25 million quid marketing a product, but not everybody's got that, that, that luxury. So what are you going to do? And what are you going to do differently to, in order to, you know, get, grab the attention of your consumer. 
Sure. So at the moment, um, using kind of social media and Instagram, kind of raising awareness that side. Uh, also, I'm planning to do um, like a weekly email, which um, goes to subscribers. And it's something which is quite short. It's called Eat, Think, Do Something New. Okay. And in that, it's very much, here's a recipe, which I like this this week, um, and it'll be kind of vegan focused, or it could be something involving pushed chocolate and put, making and using, like making a recipe with that. Then there's something um, as called Think, which could be like a blog post, or it could be a book or a video I've just seen, which I really like and really like to share, or it could be um, Do, which is, for the first one I'm thinking is having like a happiness jar. Um, and so for 2019, writing down anything which made you happy for that year. Uh, and then you kind of open it at the end of the year and just reflect on how good the year is. So it's kind of having this weekly email which people receive, um, which kind of just brings a bit more kind of value to their lives. And hopefully it's something they kind of then share with other people. And kind of it sounds to me like you're trying to sell happiness or, or create happiness. You know, the product is yeah. it's a happy product. You know, they're enjoyable to eat. You know, like you say, it, it takes you back to being a kid. And it sounds like I think that's that sort of branding. It's I'm quite I'm quite it's quite refreshing that you haven't gone down the gym route of you know, like you say, putting a load of protein in a product and then trying to say it's all things to all men. And if you if you eat this product, you're going to end up with massive muscles and. And all that sort of stuff that you see with so many brands out there now. They put a bit of protein in something, and they claim to you know you're going to be the next Arnold Schwarzenegger if you eat it every day. It sounds like you're going down a completely different tangent, really, which I think is quite refreshing. Thank you very much. Um, and that so just finishing off your um, previous question uh, regarding marketing. So I'm going to be at uh, Balance Festival, which is. Um, kind of a fitness festival and and to kind of attract people's attention i'm going to get one of those boards which lights up as like a reaction board um and where it's like different buttons and when they light up you've got to push it ah yes i've done one of those they're good yeah I, I i love those so it will be about you get about 15 seconds and the number of uh buttons you push that will be like your discount which you then kind of buy used to then buy the chocolate so if you hit it and got 17 points in those 15 seconds you would get 17 percent off your um kind of order on uh, at the stand you've got to have no pros turn up haven't you <laughs> fingers crossed yeah you end up paying them to, to, to take the chocolates because there's so many books yeah huh? i'll be like you've got two seconds to hit as many as you can in terms of just go back to that manufacturing process, then do you? you I mean, obviously, you don't make these products. You must, you must outsource it. Yeah, correct. Um, one of the first things I did was find find a factory um, who could do what I was looking for. Emailed quite a few of them. One of them, uh, based in Bristol, said yes. It's also got an allergen-free section, so it's another part of the factory which is kind of cordoned off which is where the chocolate's made, so there's no kind of cross-contamination. And they've done an amazing job, especially with ha making the product look amazing, like the honeycomb, having the pieces on top, which is really yeah. eye-catching. So it's been very helpful for when I've been at kind of shows and consumer events, and I've had 
had it there for people to sample. People were like, oh wow, this looks amazing. And they tried the honeycomb, then they tried the other ones and had really good feedback as a result. Did they help you with distribution as well or are they purely just manufacturing and storage? So they, they manufacture it, they then um, pack it and then they post it. It's usually get posted to me and then I will keep it in my room try not eat any of it and then send it out to whoever wants it all that weight you lost doing the half marathon Um, so i mean i always like to ask this towards towards the end um you know from what you've learned and where you are obviously you're quite still really really early days this you know this is really new um but what, what advice would you have for for anybody else who's sort of sat there thinking do you know what i've got an idea i'd love to do it but I don't know where to start. What, what advice would you have for them? I, th- I think starting like small. Um, I was reading um, your article you had on Primal Pantry and yeah. you talked about uh, Coca-Cola uh, only producing like 25 bottles in the first year. So I think just start as really small, just, just kind of get it out there, see what people think see um what some strangers think i i took my chocolate to just a local gym because then they're very friendly to me but it's not like we're best friends who are going to really um be biased on what yeah, they gonna, think i'm gonna be sick of fans over it are they? you're gonna get an actual honest opinion yeah exactly so and it, it means it's really kind of it doesn't cost too much or anything and i think starting really small and then it if you want to do it, and I recommend doing it and not having the regret of, oh, I wish I did it, um, just look at mitigating your risk as much as possible. So for me, I'm still working full time. I never wanted to go into the problem of I'm going to quit my job and try and get as much sales as I can straight away so I can pay the rent, which just puts too much stress, too much pressure on yourself. And I feel like working out how, how much you think it's going to cost, scheduling time that you can really concentrate on it if it's in the evening, if it's at the weekend, but it means you get quality time, no distractions to work on it. And then get it out there and see what people think and just take it take it from there. Yeah, I, I always think to sort of add to yours as mine is just, just, every, just take everything, see everything as an opportunity to, 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 to talk to people about it and and take on the feedback because it's not always going to be great, is it? Not everybody's going to tell you it's great, um, and don't ignore that. <laughs> but sometimes do. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you if you think you think if you think you've got it, and you think you've got the right product, I think it's important sometimes to to, to, to sort of go ahead with it. But you've got to you've got to when it's quality based feedback, I think that's always always really important um, to take to take that on board. Um, well, I really appreciate you coming on, Anne. It's been really interesting to understand it. It's, like I say, you're right at the beginning, so it's, there's going to be a lot. I would like to schedule a catch-up in probably in about six months, if that's all right. Yeah, uh, that'd be brilliant. And see, see, see where you're at. And part of the Startup Stories podcast is all about seeing the journey. That's why we call it a story, because it's, it's understanding from where it starts to where it potentially could be. You know, not everybody's going to get there, but we're hoping, you know, the most do. And I think you've got a great product there, mate. So I'm, I'm really excited about your future for you. Thank you very much. Brilliant. It was lovely speaking to you. And to you. Excellent. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers.
Bye-bye.